This guy does things. Uh oh, we just lost somebody. I think that we just lost everybody. Yeah, lost everybody. And there goes episode two. This show sucks. Hello again, friends. Welcome to episode two of Chasing the Rabbit. This time, we'll be recapping the Cowboys draft, giving our take on each pick of America's team. As you just heard, we will try to work around our technology to get the kinks out. Special thanks to Aaron for manning the fort back home while two of us are calling in from the road. In fact, Ben was back east traveling for business, whereas I was I was just driving around North Dallas looking for a decent burger at 10 p.m. <sighs> Maybe I was stuck in a line 10 cars deep, trying my damnedest to get my order right. I mean, extra cheese on a double-double, is that like a impossible task? Apparently so. And not that you care for that, but let's get to what you came for, or what you might have stumbled across. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. And we're back once again to Chasing the Rabbit. We're talking Dallas Cowboys draft, and we want to summarize and evaluate the picks made by this team. Uh, once again, I want to welcome Ben and Aaron. Hello, uh, hello. Class of the podcast, and we are going to make a go of this tonight, uh, just a few days after the draft, uh, following the Cowboys picks. Uh, they started the weekend Thursday night, picking 26 and taking Mozzie Smith, and we'll go all the way through round seven uh, and possibly into the undrafted free agent pool as well. So I'll open up. Guys, let's get it started. <clears throat> and we'll start with well, you, Ben. Go ahead. Uh, Scott, first of all, I'd like to say thank you. Um, I think one of the reasons that people enjoy our podcast, they know they can go to you uh, for the truth and – when you said that me and Aaron were the class of this podcast, I mean, you just, you did it again. You did it again. Nailed it on the head. So appreciate your recognition of that. Yes. Talent from all directions coming at us. Aaron, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, that draft was very exciting and entertaining. Uh, I don't remember the last time I've watched uh, the first round of a draft from start to finish it was uh, exhilarating it really was it was uh, I think, was drama lots of drama I think we each we were on the phone uh, during the at least the latter part of the first round I know each of us were following it uh, as closely as we could uh, if we'd like we can start in round one if anybody have anything they want to start off with before we get into the pick by pick well, I would like to, before we reach pick 26, just say, hey, y'all were correct. Bijan top 10, Bijan going number 8 to the to the Falcons. You were correct on that, so I'll give you your overdue props. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We'll take it. Okay. So uh, we did not have, I know in our, pre, our pre-draft analysis, none of us had the first pick that they took. Uh, that's the Michigan defensive tackle, Mozzie Smith. And we'll open it up. Let's go back to you, Benjamin. Uh, 
tell us your thoughts on this pick and uh, where you had them, what you think, and uh, what do we have to look forward to? Well, in the edited version of this intro, um, I think he will stand corrected and find that we did have the first-round pick nailed, all three of us. Um, Mozzie Smith, my number one need was defensive tackle, leading into the draft. I know y'all would bring his name up. I wasn't real excited about it. But bad on me, I don't feel I did my homework. Uh, a lot of information that I became aware of after the draft on this player, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's like um, best player, fits a need, on and on and on. So I'm on board with this thing. Couldn't agree with you more <clears throat> um, when this whole draft process started. I liked Monzi. Uh, looking through the names that were going to be available to us at that time, uh, I liked Mozzie. I liked Mozzie as our pick. I obviously got off of that as more process happened. Um, he started to look like he was going to be more of a late first or you know into the second round pick. Um, so at that point, I started looking for more value with that 26. Wasn't really disappointed the day they picked it. Was happy about it. And like you've been after the fact, uh, going and reading and seeing Micah's reaction to the pick, um, got me really pumped about this. I mean, I think it's I think you nailed it right on the head. It is the perfect fit for what our defense needs for sure. And I think that could propel us farther. I Man, it's definitely gonna make us better. Yeah, I like that, and that's an interesting uh, viral video that we saw, Aaron. Uh, ben was sharing with me, He, you know, we were talking afterwards, and he was sharing with me some of the, uh, from the actual physical stuff in terms of his weight room prowess, some of the actual um, just amazing things physically, like the, the actual, I think, the stairs, <laughs> where he's doing the seven stairs. He said they were 26 inches high Ben, do you recall some of that that that's 27 amazing. inches seven steps you know he's putting up numbers that are like with cornerbacks and linebackers right. you know it's, it's this guy was um i mean we're all aware of it by now athletic had a piece on him uh had him rated as the number one freak mm-hmm. you know and this dude is a freaky athlete he is very strong He's got a lot of raw power, and then you start to pop the hood and look at this thing, and you say, hey, man, how did um, Harbaugh use him up there at Michigan, you know? You start to really look at it, and you're like, well, no wonder the the sack totals aren't, you know, what we were looking for or hoping for. He's not, they don't even, it would take a miracle for him to get a sack the way they used him. What'd you say, the the most astounding thing I think you said was the, when you told me 22 reps, Twenty-two I'm reps. Two twenty-five. The two twenty-five you'd see in the combine, but it was what three twenty-five. I was impressed with twenty-two reps at two twenty-five, but no, he threw an extra hundred pounds on it. Yes, that's true. And if he did twenty-two reps at three twenty-five, just to like flex on these guys. <laughs> not only that, but getting back to that athletic thing, they have a um, kind of a rotation uh, measurement that they do, and just the long and short of it is. They put 300 pounds weight on each side, okay? Um, Monty did it no problem. So they had to call the manufacturer and say, hey, man, can we add weight to this? Oh, yeah. And the manufacturer is like, no, we made it like with extra room. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we this machine is used at Alabama. This machine is used at Georgia. You know, on and on and on, and we've never had this problem. So they had to actually call an outside manufacturer to come in and rig it up so that they could put 400 pounds on each side for this dude. What are you talking about? This is crazy. That's absolutely insane. Even if all he did in his cowboy career was uh, push the pocket, stop the run, and free up Micah and D-Law and all the other guys to get to the court. I mean, if he does his job the way, you know, it sounds like he could do his job, um, Micah's sack numbers are going to go through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Across the board, not just Micah. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, not just Micah, but, yeah, everybody. Everybody. And I like the no, I personally like the idea of his future as a pass rush guy because I think Dan Quinn will absolutely turn him into a pressure guy. And then you're talking about putting Mozzie with Aussie or Osi as your tackles in your pass rush front four. That's that could be scary. Yeah, let me take it back on that if I could. So Dan Quinn is renowned for on passing downs, obvious passing downs. He will pull every defensive tackle off and just have a, a litany of linebackers and defensive ends lining up in the three and the one. Um, that very well could change so much as Mozzie's body will allow it. But just something I want to interject here. Um, as a point, uh, I made it to watch some game tape of him. I didn't do it all, all the uh, prospects, but a couple. But uh, I think it was Tuesday. I started watching the Ohio State game and the Penn State game this last year. Uh, Juice Scruggs was the uh, center for Penn State when they played oh, the second last. round pick. Right. Yep, second round pick. Uh, yes. That was just a just a an absolutely um, manhandling of you strikes. If you go and watch that game, I think they held him to less than 200 yards that day, and he was the, – the actual play was wrecked at the snap in a lot of those cases. Penn State, you know, uh, just could not get anything going in. More impressively, watch the Ohio State game at Columbus. Not that I was in fucking Columbus or anything, but I was uh, watching, and, and he he went against uh, Matt Jones, who's a very good prospect, who's still who's going back to Ohio State, and Luke Weckler, who was drafted in the sixth round. And, you know, that's Ohio State. And essentially, he's just ragdolling these guys uh, when, he's loaded, when he's loaded up at the one. They played him some at defensive end. But when they played him, you know, they played him at defensive tackle or head up, uh, he was actually killing their left guard their left guard and their center, Whipler and uh, Jones. That's crazy. That dude is uh, an yeah, absolute uh, strength machine, dude. It's crazy. He is right. freaking right. strong. Well, you can, you can get a lot with numbers, okay? Um, but I did see some stat after the draft that um, our – they call it success rate on rush defense, okay? Whatever. I don't know how you calculate win rate. Yeah. Um, when we had Jonathan Hankins on the field for us, okay, our success rate was clocked in at 74%. Just to put that in perspective, the best defense in the NFL was at 73%. So with Jonathan Hankins, we were the best runs, run defense. You know, we were 10th without him. Uh-huh. But with him, we were first in the league. And we just added this beast who can line up next to him or mm-hmm. keep, keep the game going, you know, play Jonathan, and then he moves over there and just keep the 
Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very exciting. It's very exciting that stuff you guys keep telling, especially, you know, Ben, you keep feeding me these factoids. Um, if you don't mind, we can come back. But let's, if we can, let's move on to our round two pick, our second round pick, uh, another Wolverine. Ooh, uh, man, that second round. That second right. round. So he measures in at just a shade under 6'6", or right at 6'6", 250-plus. And I will turn it over to you, Aaron, if you want to go in and talk briefly about uh, Mr. Shoemaker. I will say that I don't know a whole lot about him. The first time I saw him was watching the Ohio State game. Um, and, uh, I mean, he, you know, he did a little bit in that game. Um, he didn't really stand out. Uh, that's the only time I've seen him play. Um, what I've read about him, I mean, he looks like a nice fill-in for Dalton Schultz. He looks like a guy who could turn into Dalton Schultz. Um he doesn't seem to th- be anything special. Um, so, you know, I'm not really disappointed in, in again, in Will I trust. Um, and if those if that's the guy that they chose to go with, I'm okay with it. Um, I know from the outside looking in, it looks like they said, if we don't take him now, we ain't getting one in the third. Because what will be left when we come back around in the third at the tight end position is going to be trash. So we won't even get a tight end. Right. So from the outside looking in, it looks like they almost took it just to make sure they filled that need. Uh, but, I mean, he's a decent tight end, and it's possible. I mean, again, they uh, it, <laughs> there's another guy from Michigan – who you can't get a real read on him because they like to run the fucking ball at Michigan, which means they ain't thrown to the tight end a lot. They really he, fact, him, Aaron, keep him in to block. In fact, Aaron, they only attempted 25 and a half pass attempts per game and only 16 or so completions. Just yeah. To your point. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, well, he could be. To your point. Yeah, go for it. I was just going to say he could be a diamond in the rough. Yeah, also to your point, um, immediately after we picked him, a couple tight ends come off the board. Uh-huh. So the Cowboys' assessment that if we want a tight end, we got to get one now, I think proved correct. Yes. You know, whether that was the best value or whatever, I know a lot of people are like, here we go again with the tight end in the second. Um, when they picked him, myself personally, I was kind of hoping we would look offensive line there. There were some other little toys I wanted to play with. And I said, man, well, we're, like, we're, we're trying to make this happen. Um, but, again, another guy, like you said, these Michigan kids, um, when I popped the hood, I started discovering some physical traits to this guy that I did not know existed. And, you know, like you said with the Michigan coach, I'm not sure that this guy can't go down the seam like Buffalo's hoping Dalton Kincaid can He's got some freaky athletic numbers. Well, speaking of, you know, the Eagles and, you know, Giants fans will swear that, that we were targeting Kincaid. And I just, of course, that's just, you know, I don't believe whatever, it. But I don't believe it. Yeah, how they know that or how they believe that, especially based on what we're hearing, pre-draft conversation. Well, that, that we, was a question I, I have for you, Scotty. Um mm-hmm. Because you were discussing the way some of these teams finesse the draft. I'm sure you have your opinions on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there a world where 
we finessed the draft so good that Buffalo thought we were going to take Kincaid so much that they traded up. You know, like we had people so fooled and right. so out of the loop um, that they fell for our trap, you know, and Mozzie slides to us. I mean, absolutely, because I do believe in, in 18 we were targeting uh, Dallas Goddard and that template stood. I think, if anything else, people were reverting to that, whereas, you know, Jared was laying the bait out there last week. I'm sorry, the week before, talking tight ends. So was Steven just mentioning it, and people fell, you know, head over heels for those those sorts of things. But to hear David Moore tell it, he was informed weeks, be- I want to say he said three weeks uh, before that, Mozzie, you know, you mentioned two other names, and they were already off the board. And Mozzie, based on him, and he, I don't think he has any reason to lie, Mozzie was a guy they really wanted there. Yeah, yeah obviously, with the tweets that uh, you were talking that y'all were talking about earlier between Dan Quinn, Micah Parsons, mm. like uh, they were, <laughs> Dan Quinn was was coming back at him pretty confident about it, you know, or letting his feelings right. be known. So I don't think it's something we settled on. And I like the yeah, way. Nothing, no one on this, no one on this call or this this program here is advocating or going to sit there and and just you know give the Cowboys spin. I think we're being fairly honest, at least in our mind. Yeah, and I don't know. So, I'm sure so, y'all. So, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, go for it, man. I was just going to say I don't know if y'all heard the the audio or saw the video from the war room when they were debating on who to take at twenty six, whether it be Mozzie or the offensive lineman who most people believe is Bergeron. Oh, Bergeron! <laughs> yeah, Bergeron. Um, out of close. I mean, out of Syracuse. They were also talking of Vila. I mean, I think there were several. There were a couple offensive line names being tossed about. Mozzie was the only right. defensive name, but I. I I love the way Will laid it out at the end. It was just the it was the it was the thing that sealed it. It was the cherry on top. He was like, "Man, we haven't had a defensive tackle rated this high on our board in who knows how long." And if right. we, if we got someone that high in a position that we never have this high, we should take it. And they took it, and I love it. I love it. But back to that second round pick. And will I trust? If. So, if we don't yeah, go tight end in the second round, who's that other player that you wish or thought maybe we could have taken in the second or wish that you wish we would have? I think uh, Ben and I would agree uh, our interest would have included someone like uh, – I liked DJ Turner. I think we all had interest in Osiris Torrance. Um, that's, the, that's the guy I wanted when we didn't take him that I was missed at and right. upset about and I had to go pout in my room, go right. a little tantrum, come back. <laughs> And doing a little more research. Find, the other thing is, too, once they get drafted, you start finding out information because um, it starts to, oh, yeah, he, he had a bad medical here. It starts to be released. And some of the stuff about uh, Osiris, uh, yeah, I just don't think he's a fit for what we're trying to do here. I don't. I really have less of a problem with it once I walked away and got a little more information. Okay. Absolutely. As for, as, as for me, Aaron, I was at the time not at all happy with this pick. I thought it was a reach, a, a pretty heavy over, yeah, overdraft um, by them based on what was on the board. I think the consensus was eighty, but you know, I'm again willing to wait and see. But that's me on the record. Uh, just a note for you guys: um, we got that receipt, right? 
if you go back and look at what they call relative athletic score amongst tight ends, uh, this guy, Luke Schumacher, uh, Schumacher, hope I'm getting that right. Uh, it's all green. Yeah, it's nine eight. You scored like a nine eight plus and nine point eight plus out of a possible ten. And just for con- for context, and since since nineteen eighty seven, that ranks sixteenth of all time, out of a eleven hundred tight ends. Out of all the tight ends, that's what I'm saying. Right. This guy's a physical freak. It's going to be. But a I very, didn't know it was so physically freaky. It's going to be a very recurring theme with every pick in this draft. We drafted athletic drafting, freaks. Right? Yeah. And you know what? So I went when McCarthy got hired. He came in. He was like, "Give me the best athlete, and I'll figure out what to do with them." And we were all so happy to hear that. Instead of being like, "No, he doesn't fit in our scheme, so we won't draft that guy, even though he's the better athlete, the better player," we were all so happy to hear that. It is a consistent theme. Yeah, oh, it's a very consistent theme. He's put his money where his mouth is since since he got here. As far as our talent acquisition, absolutely, absolutely. So guys, let's let's go ahead and jump into round three. This would end Friday night's rounds of drafting. Uh, as we get through round three, Dallas is on the clock, and they select the Marion Overshone. I should get that right. So, Ben. Uh, kick us your thoughts on DeMarvion and what, uh, what you're going through at the time of the pick. Actually, I'd like to kick it back to you because yeah, you read um, my I'm freaking sure you've watched mind. More, more tape of this than anybody. Dude, in, you in watch here. Texas. You, know? you watch every Texas game, dude. I've been dying to hear <laughs> what you have to say about this guy. Okay. So we all seen his build. He is a more slender type of outside linebacker. He played Mike uh, in their scheme last year before Jalen Ford moved outside. Um, he is a true six-three. I think he might even be taller than the grade. Um, let's see. He switched to number zero. Not that you care uh, at Texas uh, year before. And in 2021, let's go back a year. In 2021. Uh, he's a torpedo when he comes to when he comes to lay the wood and he hits his targets. It's it's outstanding. But the problem with the Marvion game is it was all seek and destroy, and a lot of times he would miss his target. It's a simple whiff. Uh, one thing comes to mind is the twenty-one uh, game at the Cotton Bowl against the Sooners. Um, they simply could not bring uh, any of their running backs, whether we use Caleb or their runners. My mind slips the names. It doesn't matter right now. And they were going off for a long run. Bad, bad tackler. Last year, he grew. He, he cleaned up those tackles, played more Mike, came off the edge. I mean, they moved him all around the place, which is another thing you might like. Um, and he was hitting, he was nailing targets, wrapping up, doing these sorts of things. They can scream him off the edge uh, quite a bit. But he grew quite a bit as a player. And I do think if I'm, I'm maybe – Miss, not remembering this correctly, but I think he had two punt blocks in one game. So you're going to like his ability to block kicks, block punts. He's an outstanding punt blocker, willing to play special teams, and he he has a knack to make the make a play on that at on that uh, uh, side of the ball. I guess you will special teams. Well, I don't know the if anybody saw who pick. got most excited when they made that pick in the war room. Wasn't I mean, me. It was John. It was Fossil. <laughs> Oh, Fossil? Yeah, Fossil yeah, got, like, super sense. excited when they picked him. 
And I'll leave you with this and pass it along. Uh, to me, what I think they see, at least Dan Quinn, the way he was going to play that you'll like, because he is rangy, uh, he's going to me mean a better, younger version, more athletic version of Jaron Curse. That's okay. exactly I'm what I thought he was. I think that okay. that's what he has in mind. Because Jerron only has one more this this year left on his contract. He'll be a free agent right. at the end yeah, of this year. Yeah, he's probably gone after this year. Exactly. In order to roll with Donovan Wilson. And I think we just got his replacement. And it's possible because what – I mean, what's uh, – Scott, uh, I'm sure you mm-hmm. could probably tell me the stats. Uh, what is Curse's height and weight? So, Curse – or DeMarvio? No, Curse. What's his what's – how big is Curse? So, if you, if you keep talking for a moment, I'll check that. But I do know Overstone's six three about two. Well, I'm just thinking that this guy's bigger. I mean, he I already think took that he's the number pres- zero, like Jerron Curse did. Yeah, but he right. yeah, so he's not going to be able to wear zero this year. So Jerron, sorry to interrupt you. Jerron is six four, about two twenty seven. Oh my, so okay, so he's not bigger. Him leave one other. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. And, well, and with treat- the thought of maybe even getting both of them on the field at the same time. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> DeMarvion, y'all seen his frame. He could, he could, he w- it would not hurt him to add a few. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm intrigued that I, uh, with some of his athletic traits, and then again, finding out a little more information after the draft, um, some teams were exploring him at the position of defensive end. Um oh. This guy is going to be like a chess piece, I think. He can. A lot of teams were were looking at him as someone who can like spy the running quarterback. Um, some people looking at him at linebacker, like you said, us looking at him as that big, you know that safety that we bring in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I just think Dan Quinn, since we already kind of got players at those positions, is just going to be able to pick and choose where he wants to use this thing. No, bring him in opposite opposite linebacker or Parsons and blitz him. You know, there's, there's so many things you can do with him. Of the picks that Dan Quinn's been uh, given, uh, you know, in terms with the last three years, his three years with the Cowboys, only to me, only uh, Micah is seems more dynamic athletically than this pick to this point. And I'll be honest. Uh, you know, after Dayon Henley and Trenton Simpson went off the board, and then we and another guy like Dorian Williams right after we picked, I was not happy about this pick. But in retrospect, and uh, talking with you guys as well, it's kind of exciting to see the possibilities. The possibilities, I think, are the definitely the exciting part because I think it just because uh, I look at Dan Quinn as a defensive genius. He's a mastermind. And um, I think that he's not he's not stuck, not necessarily stuck. He doesn't necessarily right. stay in his scheme. And to have the weapons that he now has that he hasn't had because we haven't had a tackle like Mozzie. Uh, now we have another player that's even more like Jaron. Also, too, man, the one thing I thought of myself, because I don't know nothing about this guy. I'm sorry that I don't even know how to say his name. Um, It's not easy. But uh, his game as a linebacker, to me, just off of what I was taking in and reading after the draft, sounded a lot like LVE and what he did. Like, I mean, he a, a lot of tackles, 
uh, sideline to sideline. Um, he's just obviously not as big. Um, like you said, he could definitely put on some weight. But, hey, man, I know Texas is probably feeding him, but he'll get here. They'll get him on a different thing. They'll put some weight on him. You know, now it's now it's all about all day, every day. You know, so I think they'll get some pounds on him. He's probably not going to ever be too big, but at least get him into the 220s, right? <laughs> Another comp, if I can, and Ben will be familiar with this, this is the type of player, um, we talk about Jaron Curse, uh, a lot like Isaiah Simmons from the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, Simmons. Speaking that, of him, don't know if anybody right. knows. I, I, I think that's a good comparison. Arizona chose to, they declined to pick up his fifth year option. So Isaiah Simmons oh, really? will be a free agent after next season. Just okay. saying. Well, what's interesting to me about this kid with the talent, the traits we talked about, like the, what the Cowboys are seeking. And combined with, I also agree with you, Dan Quinn is somewhat of a savant genius. Um, so if you do give him something this kind of freaky, athletic, talented, um, he's a coordinator who will find a way to use them, you know. So I'm, I'm out of the side of my eye. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at our defensive tackle and our athletic whatever we do with this kid. Little side eye towards Philly and what they got going on, man. You know, I think our coaches can really bring something out of this guy. Anyway, I, I just want to add one more note. Uh, so McShay, ESPN, uh, had notes on them that read such as reading like this: yeah, tremendous range, uh, jumps off when you're watching his tape. He flies around the field. I will agree with that. Uh, can spy quarterbacks, which is it's another strength. Can also cover tight ends and running backs. Um, yeah, and he had 89 tackles, 89 tackles, and four sacks. Uh, the finishing is uh, a bit off, but that could be something that along with strength, you know, and just correcting it through a coaching, uh, he can get past. But, yeah, upside, lots of upside. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, that, let's uh, move on to that round four pick, Scott. Outstanding. So, Yami Fahoko, no relation as I understand it. Uh, and Yeah, this that's the first the thing I thought pick. of was, are they related? <laughs> right. Uh, this is the uh, 6'4", 275". Uh, pound, uh, I guess we're going to call him a defensive end out of San Jose State. I do not claim a lot of knowledge, did a little work on him, but I'll pass it off. Aaron, if you want to talk about anything, any thoughts you have on... Uh, I'll throw it real quick, man, before Ben comes with the true facts. Um, I didn't know nothing about this kid either. Um, I immediately thought, wow, how cool now that we have two players on our team with Fajico name, and they're not related. Um, and so again, it was a player. I was like, uh, initially, I was like, all right, well, you know, and will I trust right now? And then afterwards, after reading about him, my gosh, the numbers this dude puts up is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of uh, competition San Jose State's running up against on a you know week by week basis, uh, but this dude can get to the quarterback, and he can play defensive line in the NFL, that's for sure. And I can't wait to see what they do with him. So I pass that on to you, Ben, to give us some facts about this guy. Well, I'll give you the real the real truth that no one else will. He actually is related. 
uh, to our receiver. Um, so no one's going to give you that, but I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> also, he when we drafted Mozzie, I kind of even posed the question in my own mind about when I come back with a defensive tackle, how soon would I even do it if I was going to do it? Because um, I felt the need for one. And what I really like um, is that it sounds like the plans are to eventually, by next year, move him into, to the three-tech. He's got a relentless motor. He's another guy who's strong. Um, so I really like that we've bolstered, possibly bolstered that defensive tackle position where I felt we needed some help with a, with two of our top four picks. Right. I think he was. He, he does weigh like 275 right now. That's the one thing that I kept hearing over and over plays with his hair on fire. Does not stop. It's And you hear that of a lot of guys, but the uh, scouting uh, person who was talking about, I can't recall, just kept repeating that like they were amazed. And this is a person who does this all the time for a living, not, not some lame. So, um, well, when you can pepper the stud like Leon Lett, um, then Jimmy Jones Tango can shine, you know. And so when we start getting some dudes that take care of their business and then some, oh, it's just going to open it up for a guy like that. I mean, they can't they can't put any more than one player on him. You know what I mean? Right. Couple of, a couple of numbers on him. Uh, 47 TFLs over the last three years. Uh, has a very good pass rush win rate. I don't really follow that. It's 21.2 per PFF. The 47 TFLs is all I really need to hear. I don't care at what level that's getting into the backfield is. Aaron was talking about and making plays on the ball. It's definitely getting my attention is what it's doing at San Jose State. You're getting my attention, man. Definitely. I can't wait to see him play. Yeah, so we don't have a lot more. I can't believe I missed the relation there. Uh, Is he a cousin, Ben? Do we happen to know how he is with? They're brothers. The brothers. That's a terrible move on my part. God, Wait, they're, they're really they're brothers. brothers. They are brothers. There's no twist. I came off so strong. I said no relation. Just very confident. I'm. I'm, I'm well, that's why you're coming to me for the Pahoko stuff. We said there you we had the facts. We said I, you had I, the that's facts. I'm, I'm giving it to you. Uh-huh. Let David yeah. Moore. He'll, he'll tell you three weeks from now. David Moore will say, "Hey, man, three weeks ago, I knew they were brothers." <laughs> Going to round five, that's round four of the Yami Fahoko. Uh, yeah, I hardly knew you were anybody's brother, but uh, we're going to round five, and we go to the offensive line finally out of North Carolina. We get a Seam Richards. Yes. I'll take this one off. Yes. So he's, he's about awesome. – Awesome Richards. Right, awesome. Okay, so we can call him that. We'll call it awesome uh, at 6'4", about 3'10". He has 34-plus-inch arms, which is big, and a long wingspan. Uh, decent athletes, uh, 34 straight starts, played in the Senior Bowl. Um, started, yeah, 38 total games. Played some guard, but they're saying that it's a tackle. Uh, look for him here in Dallas. And uh, and actually, according to Dane Burglar, a note that he uh, started to really come on more towards the end of his career. It wasn't really a straight-line trajectory for him. Uh, we'll pass it off. Let's uh, give this one to Ben. Thoughts on Mr. Austin Richards? I know so little about this player even after the draft um, because of what came after and distracted me. Uh, but I do like that it seems like he's a guy that they're talking about playing at guard, not tackle. 
Um, so it's addressing that uh, depth there and adding some competition there and may the best person win for that backup role, you know, or even possible starters. <clears throat> I heard also that they were going to try him at guard. Uh, and I even remember reading an article about him after the draft that um, the idea was that he – I mean, he not a really bad offensive lineman. Um, he's actually pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I'd – you know, I mean, he obviously has some weaknesses in his game, but I don't think anything that is – one of his weaknesses is anything that can't be corrected or uh, – Maybe adding a little strength. Not you know? needed when I move you inside to guard. Um, so I like the. I mean, it's and he's an option at tackle. So I think it's tackle guard too. You know, what I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get him to go both ways. <clears throat> and I like the pick. I like the pick. I think right now he hits targets. He doesn't lock on as well. He doesn't have top end athleticism, which might bode well bode well for him moving over to guard. Um, you know that sort of thing. So that's that's a lot in the way he fell. But in terms of work ethic, development, willing to get better, uh, don't think there's much concern there. Where you know this this team has done uh, its diligence in terms of taking guards this point of the draft fourth fifth round and there's been some mixed results you know we um but you know maybe guys like uh you know that we drafted last year uh uh can't remember the guy from wisconsin we drafted i forgot his name again this week um that's well let's go that's right yeah so remains to be seen well if we could get the mileage uh yeah i was gonna say if we could get the mileage out of him that we got out of second and third rounders connor and connor um out of the fifth round uh <laughs> i'll take that if we can get this guy to right. play four years fours in a backup role maybe we got to sacrifice this year let him get in the full things and in the next three years we gotta like we're using matt forniak or something like that um it's just a solid backup for us uh like connor mcgovern was right. and then maybe ideally at the end of that contract he signs with somebody else and I get like a fourth round comp pick and I do it all over again. That's what I'm hoping for out of this guy. Anything yeah. else would be great for me. The development, yeah. To get him to that point, I would agree. You know, Aaron? Well, I also sitting here thoughts? thinking, listening to you guys talk, uh, we got to also remember we've got a new offensive line coach in town. Very happy about that pick. I think it adds right. to the competition. Um, I mean, can we jump to the prize at the bottom of the cracker no, jack box? No, 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 because we can't skip we're over Eric yet. Scott, we're man. Not, we can't skip over Eric Scott because we traded a fifth-round pick next year for <laughs> Eric Scott. Now, Scott, let me so ask you this real quick about him. Yep. I, I mean, I know we just jumped into him, so we didn't even give some stats about him and whatnot. But I get the feeling, man, that their idea for him is safety. So I've heard nobody say uh, anything about okay. that. That's just my gut feeling. Right. In so, many ways, I, I think of it like what you call safety. At some point, man, with what Dan Quinn's doing, I'm just calling them football players. And if you're a football player, he's going to find a way to use you. You know, somehow, some way, corner, slot, safety, hybrid, you know, <clears throat> this guy's got some, some good physical skills that Dan Quinn likes. 
it's another trait pick. Uh, he is a bit stiff. Uh, he, he, I mean, he is explosive athletic, but he is stiff. Uh, there's not a lot of bend. There's not a lot of movement in terms of fluidity. Um, he's a better run defender than a zone guy. He really struggles in zone. He will lose track of coverage and doesn't play well to the 50-50 challenges. Um, so, again, a trait pick uh, and not the best run defender uh, just yet. Um, so it's a project, and again, I think a trade pick. Yeah, I mean, it's a six round. It's a good but trade it is pick. Six round, right? <clears throat> and it, I agree well, with you. Like, like you said, uh, football player, I will find a place for you if you're good enough. You, you had me at hello with this guy when I heard the uh, secret audio of you know Will McClay, Jerry Jones calling him. And this kid's telling his coaches, man, he's crying. You know, he's like, I'm sorry, coach. I got tears rolling down my cheek. Man, I love that emotion, that passion, um, that want to be part of the Cowboys. You know, I dig it. So I'm going to be rooting for this kid. Yeah, absolutely. Now to so the prize. Not, no disrespect to Eric Scott Jr., but we all know what we came <laughs> to talk about tonight. The would you call it the prize at the bottom of the Cracker Jack box? Yes. We could have started off the show talking about this guy. I'm so excited about him. Yes. Right. Yes. So, Ben, with with that, why don't you go ahead and lead us into our second six-round pick? Well, last I know last we were talking about him before, you know, on our, on our draft show. Um, this kid... I even had to go back and watch tapes after we drafted him. And some of the moves this guy does, it is – part of it reminds me – I get it, 5'5". Five, five. Y'all will bring me back down to earth in a second, okay? I'm just talking about the football player I see on, on the videos, man. This dude is making plays like Christian McCaffrey, like Barry Sanders. It, it's so exciting to watch what he does. I realize that you I can't I'm use getting, him for four straight downs. He's not a three-down linebacker, maybe. But I'm with you, and I just have this feeling of just, I mean, we if you go watch tape, he's doing this against guys at the same size. I mean, he's doing it. What he did against there Alabama, that's for real. That's not that's against an NFL, yep. that's an NFL team in Alabama. I mean, he played in a, uh, a big five school. Yes. They played nothing but top 60 teams. Yes. His whole career. But, I mean, do, if you yeah. take his stats from the last three years, he's got the number one stats across the board of all yeah, running backs Alabama. in any conference. It's insane. So against Alabama, yeah, he gave him 133. I know one of them was a long run, but he's Yeah, still it was 90 yards, but he's like, he's got the – he's got the – he's got – 90 yards in his hip pocket. Yeah, in, so, uh, in that Bama game, uh, you know, the other carries were, you know, something like 20 for 40-something yards. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't, I can't take away that home run 90-yarder because that's in his bag. That's exactly, what he does. So you, exactly. It's kind of like Barry, like, okay, here's a three-yard, a one-yard loss. But then they pop you and hurt you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. First time I saw Deuce Vaughn was in 2020, okay, and they were Texas was playing at Manhattan, and it was it was a competitive game, and he alike just like um, like Bijan, they were both true freshmen on the field, and of course I'm Team Bijan, 
and I see this guy, and B. John's amazing, right? But I see this guy that day, and it's like trying to tackle a refrigerator uh, in open space, you know, just in, in, in tight quarters and in open space, forget it. And I honestly asked myself that day, and Bijan was the number one recruited running back in the country at the time. I had heard of Deuce Vaughn before that day. And I left the day questioning which one is be- which running back is better that day. Um, in addition, in 2021, listen to these numbers. Now, he had 1,500 yards this year, and I want to say he had, 20, he had 21 touchdowns. Or he had actually 12 touchdowns, okay? In 2021, the year before, he went for 1,400, okay, and six yards of carry, and he had 22 touchdowns. He had another 500 in the air. So 22 touchdowns from the running back position in today's, you know, in today's game, which is crazy to me. Tell me what you guys think is his potential carries per game. What do you think that he will get? What do you think that he could, like, is it stupid of me to think that, why can't I give him 15 carries a game? This is a question that fascinates me. And when we were talking about that Bama game, um, yeah, his other carries were like 20 for 45 yards or something like that. But what I take away from that is you could put in a lot of backs in that backfield that day versus Alabama, and they'd have the same numbers, you know. You could put in Tank Bigsby, um, Kendrick Miller, you know, these other guys that got drafted in the third round, and they're probably going to have something like 20 carries for 45 yards because Alabama's defense is nasty. But what I took away was this little 5'5 guy is running between the tackles 20 times. Yeah, and I that's what I'm saying. Why he can't do that at the NFL level? I don't understand why he can't. That's what and I'm asking you guys because you guys have seen more of him watching games, especially you, Scott, with Kansas State playing Texas. Um, why? Tell me why I can't run him like a lead back. Sure. I mean, I get the pass well, blocking aspect, but outside of that, what can't he do? Right. So. I would just start by saying there is no one happier to see this guy leave the college game than anyone who cheers for Oklahoma because he absolutely terrorized that program. But to answer your question, I can't really think of a reason because despite being all the 180 pounds coming in, uh, he's probably best suited for being a premier inside runner, not outside, premier inside runner. Yes. Because he's going to play peekaboo with everybody and he's so hard he's so low to the ground so hard to bring down the only thing i could say aaron is that without knowing what dallas might but what are opportunities they might have with a another a veteran running back that we don't know about right now it may not happen uh that might take carries away um and we know pollard sweeps spots around what 15 carries I would, I would say 15 uh, to 18, yeah. I would say, in given today's game, you're probably looking anywhere from, you know, if he's on the field, I would say, I would hope to see 10 touches from him. That might Man, be Man, I would hope he gets 10 touches. Right, 10 touches. Because uh, he's not just year, limited but, to the backfield either, like you said, man. I mean, his right. receiving numbers are sick. 
and he's and both your runners he, are that way, right? And, and, and right. is this is this possible too? Is there because yes, everybody goes, yeah, he's five five, and he only weighs one hundred and seventy nine pounds. Well, okay, yes. When you say one hundred and seventy nine pounds, that sounds really light. But it sounds really light when you think about an average size NFL player. Right. When you think about the distribution. When you different. think about one hundred and seventy nine pounds and five foot five, do you, do you know how big you would be, Ben? Oh, it's just incredible. You would be huge. It's not Mojo Drew territory, but it's still. But that's my my point is is that the height and the weight combination, it could be relative to a guy who's five nine and two oh five. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I maintain that his smaller compact body, like his, uh, even more so than Emmitt Smith or whatever, is built to withstand hits better. Yes. Um, there's just something about it. I don't know the science behind it, but they they can curl and go down, and you know they're not like getting their leg all bent up and shit like that. They know how to go down and get tackled. And take hits. Uh huh. I agree. And Man. because he's so small, you're not taking the brunt of a lot of these guys' hits. You know, you're not taking that shoulder or helmet or full force because they got to bend over to get you. I think it's funny to say about a guy who's, you know, with that weight, but if he is able to do half of what we think he can do, it plays, you know, being between the tackles type, you know, he plays into Dak's biggest strength, which is play action to me. Oh, yeah, um, that's going to be nasty. Right. Oh, gosh. Now, yeah, now I, I, just, I am so giddy, and I'll just go watch highlight films again. I'll probably do it when we get off the phone just to remind myself. And then I'll, right. I'll leave again, shaking my head, saying, man, could this dude give you 18 snaps? Kind of like he's doing at K-State and do the same type of thing, but 18 snaps in the NFL? And I'm like, I, I think he maybe can. I think he can. I think he can. I'm I betting on it. I know he's going to be the Cowboys fans' favorite. Everybody loves the little guy, but with the things he does, too. And, and like you were saying, Scott, them Oklahoma fans, I cannot tell you how many Big 12 fans I've seen that say, damn, they exactly like you said in that Texas game where they walked away from their game going, man, I didn't know who Deuce Vaughn was, and that guy was killing us. Right. Nothing but respect from the from his competition, man. This kid has nothing but respect from those who had to line up against him. So since you guys have watched him and seen him, uh, where is he best used in the passing game? Is it out? Is it catching in the flat? Uh, does he catch over the middle? Is it dumps? What is it? They they put him in patterns Wheel up routes. the field. Damn, like they, in the they slot. They put him in patterns down the they put him in patterns down the seam, mostly in the middle, like you would dump middle. I don't know if you do that much in the NFL now, but he can get vertical. I yeah. mean, to a point when you get him matched up, he will go downfield. Great hand. That's the other thing I, I keep forgetting. Didn't see it a lot, but the guy, like I was saying, in 2021, Aaron, the guy had, like, I want to say it was 50 catches. Last year he had 42. Yes. He gets downfield. Yes. Yeah. Oh he he has quickness, but he doesn't necessarily have the speed of, like, a top-flight receiver or something. It's more quick So the That's further right. away from the line of scrimmage we get, the more precise throw it's going to take, in my mind, um, to get him the right. ball, so so I think he's most makes, deadly around the line of scrimmage screens. Yeah, that makes me sound like just get the, the ball in route. his hands and let him do what he does. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Yeah, I would agree. The cash rate, it would take a busted, it'd take something busted for him to really make a play downfield. But I, he could absolutely cause you all kinds of problems uh, mm. within, you know, close, close. Range. This is going to be fun. This is going to be right. fun. And everybody hey. out there, if you haven't seen Deuce Vaughn, do yourself a favor, pull up some clips, and it's just, it's, it's breathtaking. Oh, yeah, you'll get excited. I wish we had not switched this to a family show. Ooh. <laughs> Because there's some things I recommend you do while you're watching this video. Because this man is special. Everybody, we have to keep this guy in check because we want to keep certain ratings. Yes, ratings. So. Ratings matter. Ratings matter. You know, we have to answer <laughs> to the big the man. You know what I mean? My, you know, yeah. Kind of answer to the big guy. Moving around seven in the final pick, uh, we're going to talk about Jalen Brooks. I'll start this one. Don't have a lot on him. Uh, one note, and I bet Ben has this one. He is the cousin. He's related cousin to Vita Vey. Uh, uh No, I actually have nothing on this guy. Um, so y'all just go through him, and I'll sit back and light up a cigarette and enjoy your takes, because I'm ready to get some of these undrafted free agents, man. I know go. he's got some size. Um, I don't think he's any special. I think he's a project. Um but am I correct that he came from the same college dude last year came from? Did he, sorry, he did what? Didn't he go to the same college? The wide receiver we he's, took last year. South Carolina. He's from South Carolina. I don't, I'm trying to remember the, South, uh, the receiver we're talking about from last Jay, year. Uh, Jalen. Is his name Jalen? Oh, he's from South Alabama. Are you talking about Tolbert? Oh, that's right. South Alabama. Right. That's yeah. right. Okay. No. Yeah. So this guy's okay. a gamecock. <clears throat> All and, the uh, same, baby. It goes about six two two oh five and yeah, certainly uh I don't have a ton on him. I think he's a project. Uh, but I think he's a special yeah. teams player too. I think he's got good special team skills. If I remember what I read correctly right. was is he's a good gunner, possible return man. Um but yeah, this is a special teams pick and a project wide receiver is what it is. Okay. So, um, while we're on him, Aaron, um, do you view like all Southern universities as the same? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. All different. Because I don't think that I would get confused bro. if he was from Southern Methodist University. I think we'd know exactly oh. which one he went to. So yes, okay, so no, it was just a confusion, you know. Okay. I, I had uh, their their uniforms in my head are kind of similar. I know one's I think well, red and white, and the other one's all, like all maroon I know and white. Southern, Southern University is like that. Ben will tell you if if you know he ain't swack, you know. But hey, I'll just he say right swack. now, he man, I signed with Dion too, man. Only one HBCU player drafted. Come on. Yeah. Hey, Dion said. Dion said, if I ain't swack, what am I? He said, I'll tell you what I am. I'm a whole hell of a lot of things that a lot of other people wish they could be. <laughs> and that is cocky. So, one, you, of us, Some... one of us is chomping at the bit to get to the undrafted free agent. Yeah, and who's your favorite? With, so you talk that... about can, can Deuce Vaughn pass block. Will it matter? Because he might be in the backfield with Hunter Lipke, uh, undrafted free agent. From North Dakota, okay. This kid, he could be um, what's the what's the guy with San Francisco? I'm gonna mess up his name. 
Oh man, the guy yeah. The current fullback. Yeah, Cur- yeah, yeah. Uh, he he's considered yes. He's considered the the hallmark. You know. Right. Uh, I feel like this kid could be barking up his alley right real quick. Yeah, these are dinosaurs. That that position is a dinosaur, but Jurassic is is extremely physical at the point of attack, and you can get in the ball, and he catches sometimes. Very versatile. He catches. He can run you some short yardage in between the. He's got a lot of versatility. He's another guy that I kind of look at and say, man, could this guy be a starting running back? Yeah, I knew he he, he was versatile. I'd saw, seen some tape on him. I'll have to defer to you, you guy. Actually, I mispronounced his name. It's Jushik. Jushik, whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's his name right. Right. Uh, so, besides Luki, uh, anything else touch off on these guys? I know a bit, just a bit about him. Uh, I have some favorites of my own, but I want to get takes from your other favorite undrafted. Well, y'all are not excited about Luki? Oh, yeah, dude. I, just, I love the idea of having Deuce run behind him. Right. We're, we're not going to run a lot of full. That's another thing about Schoonmaker. He's he's going to he, – they moved him everywhere at Michigan. He can play out of multiple positions, not just an inline or, or detached tight end. He, he but, can be moved. Let me post right. this to you, okay? Because I know I brought right. up the, the guy from San Francisco. Um, right. But could you see a scenario last year – Probably eight times a game, we would have Zeke and Pollard in the lineup at the same time. I mean, could you see a scenario where he takes the Zeke role and Deuce Vaughn and Pollard, you know, play that role? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. You know, and again, your 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 head coach who's, who's it's his offense now uh, loves the fullback. The only question is, how many times can you put in a package that you're not? You have to take. You have to pick. Are you going to run? Multiple tight ends out there. You're going to take, you know, take them off the field. How many times for this guy? Well, that's he's probably more. That's why I was asking. Probably, could, it, could it be like he lines up in the Zeke Elliott role, and on some plays he's a fullback, and you got two backs in the backfield. On other plays, you split Pollard out or do spawn out, and you got a single back backfield like you did with Zeke, and now he moves from a fullback role to a halfback role all within the same formation, you know, the same versatility, mm-hmm. the same possibilities. It's just intriguing you, to me, man. You're talking about a single back, multiple tight ends, or even a lead back situation. I think he's going to make his – probably his, if he makes the team, probably his contribution is more special teams to start. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know anything about his athletic ability or his chops, so I, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I mean, as a running back, back currently has Ronald Jones and Malik Davis ahead of him, you know. Oh, don't forget mm-hmm. Rico. Rico, but let's move on to other undrafted free agents that we signed because he is not the stud of the undrafted free agent. Man, we've got so many. Dude, we got. I will say, uh, has has been a poster boy for the free agents. But go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. Dude, we got Dave Durden, uh, Isaiah Land. Uh, I love that we got Earl Bostic Jr., uh, T.J. Bass. Uh, man, T.J. Bass really excites me. I think he might actually push for uh, guard. Um, we got Noah Fant's cousin, Princeton, tight end. Uh, that wide receiver mm-hmm. from Fresno State, Jalen Moreno Cooper. Moreno. And yep. uh, the other one that excites me is John Stevens Jr. I like them all, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, we got a bunch of good guys. I can't wait to see them. 
I'm with you. I feel every single one of those names you named, and you went like eight, ten deep in the undrafted free agent territory. Yes. And I feel like every single one of those names has a legit shot to make this roster, and we got a pretty freaking good roster. We got a good roster. Uh, seven guys in this class that we signed were in uh, Burglar's top 255, I believe. Uh, another guy that was on this list was uh, Mississippi State outside linebacker Tyrus Wheat. Yeah. Ooh, he was he's, up he's, the highest weight. Yeah, he's on there too. I and a lot of circles had him with a fourth round grade. They gave him 180 guaranteed, 180,000 guaranteed. Yeah, they gave him 185,000 guaranteed. Uh, a note on, on Durden. Durden, man, uh, had 54 catches, David, 11, 28. And 13 touchdowns last year in Division Two, and that was his first year after being. Uh, I think he was a former Boston Red Sox prospect. Yeah, taking a little bit off of football for about a year off. Yes, right. right. He did this at West Florida. Yeah. Oh, dude, Some we got a little steal right there because he's a he's for real. And see, I, I I read something the other day, and I got so excited. T.J. Bass is for real, y'all. This dude for real can play guard. And he might have a real chance. I, that dude's uh, for real guard. That's all I got to say. I'm excited well, about that. Well, I mean, you want to talk about for real? Uh, I think Isaiah Land might have a shot to make this roster. Oh, absolutely. You know, this guy, you were talking about tackles for losses earlier with uh, Fahuko. And, I mean, this guy was making plays behind the line of scrimmage. That it defensive line level, room's but, starting to get a little crowded, though, right. so he's going to have to stand out. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. what you. I mean, I, yeah, he. You know, I mean, it might be a defensive end. It might be a special teams role, but you know that defensive yeah, line room is starting to get crowded. Yeah, a for you to wiggle onto the roster. He's going to have to show job. out on special teams, but I like him too. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that were. You know, I mean, he's got a chance if he comes and shows out. He's got a chance. Uh, I mean, I know we'd another, rather keep uh, a guy at his salary than, uh, you know. Quinn's guy. Well, and I know, uh, Scott, you know the schedule better than me, but I know we got an upcoming podcast on uh, our early projections on the 53-man roster, so it'll be interesting to hear who we got waiting for that with some of this competition we got. One more note on uh, Jalen Moreno Cropper. Uh, He was about 6 feet, 170, 175 pounds, 4'4", not really before-the-route guy, uh, really good after the catch. I'll be interested in see. It's a little light, but has length. Uh, and like you said, Bostic is another guy uh-huh. because they gave him quite a sum of money for an uh-huh. undrafted free agent. Yeah, they gave um, two hundred thousand guaranteed. Yes. Yeah, I believe it's the most yeah. you can give. Mm, I think so. I like so him too. So there's, there's that, mm-hmm. and. We've gone through the draft class. We've gone through the undrafted free agents, uh, and this will be the last time we talk about the draft in particular. We'll talk about the picks, of course, but uh, just next year, just looking ahead of next year, the top players on the board, I'll make this very quick. Uh, obviously, the names are guys like Drake May, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Dallas Turner from Alabama, uh, Brock Bowers, Jared Burson, Kool-Aid McKistry. So, uh we have some favorite. Looking forward to next year's class. I'm already starting looking at that. But I think with the players uh, drafted and the free agents, uh, if we want to summer, uh, make a summary here uh, with just a last word, with uh, starting with Aaron, just your thoughts on the class, uh, both drafted and undrafted overall. 
I know that uh, some people don't, you know, they're not happy. They think we reached on a lot of players, blah, blah, blah. You can say that about every draft. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you can say that the Carolina Panthers reached on, you know, uh, the I hate that I can't remember his name, but they, you know, I mean, everybody reaches, everybody reaches. Uh, nobody's a guarantee in the draft. Um, I think our draft is nice. I think it's really nice for our team. Um, I think that all the players fit real good in what we're doing. Um, and I think really, I think they definitely improved this roster with this draft. And I think they made our defense the number one defense in the had, league. Aaron, if you had to give it a letter grade, if I were forced to ask you for a letter grade, uh, grade for the Cowboys draft, you would give them? I'd probably give them a A minus. A minus on the board for an A minus. Yes, sir. Ben, go ahead. Aaron, I'm sorry. No, that's it. Go ahead, Ben. Ben, well, <clears throat> like you were saying, um, kind of looking forward to the next draft. Um, reviewing this draft, I, I, I came across someone who put up some interesting guard draft, guards in the draft in the last few years. And basically, the information pointed to next year is the real year of the last three, four years, whatever, to go in for a guard um, and listed several of the top talent that's coming out. So I think at the end of the day, we will play the offensive line position correctly in the grand scheme. As far as this draft, I am going to drink the Kool-Aid. Um, I'm going to go glass half full. And with the top three picks that we had, I think all three of these players are going to be on the field for 75 80% of my snaps. So it's a win-win for me. And I think some of these other guys at the back end are really going to hit. And you know how I feel about Deuce Vaughn. How so, many cups of Kool-Aid did you have? Huh? I'm just playing, man. I'm just playing. Go oh, ahead. I had more. I had more. I mean, <laughs> I'm just I mean, saying, I drink man. a lot. 75%, 80% of your snaps. I love it. I love the outlook, man. I love it. It's positive. It's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. So I'm going to, you know, you said we'll see it's in the building. You know, I think that this first-round pick um, can bring some pass rush and might might throw people for a loop and so I'm going A plus or A for this draft okay and and, and Ben since you're so passionate about it I know you you were coming over just like Aaron who is your favorite of the undrafted free agent class <laughs> Lipke Okay. Okay. I've got my Lipsky to do small and backfield, and I got it in the sixth and seventh round, sixth the, round, and undrafted free agent. We have the receipts. Ooh. The receipts okay. are now there. Everybody, take note. All right, Scott, uh, give I, us I uh, yeah. give us your final thoughts on this draft because I'm very uh, curious to see how you feel, Mister Bus Driver. Right. So I went to bed Friday or Friday night after the third round. I was not too happy, like I said before, but the end of it, uh, looking back and trying to educate myself as much as I could. God damn it, I am going to give them a strong B. I want to give them an A, uh, but. The undrafted, the undrafted free agents, I think, can – I think a couple of these guys could actually make the roster. Uh, as far as the <clears throat> the draft class itself, 
I, I go back to that second round. If you get a chance, anybody out there, if you haven't seen it, go watch the second quarter of the Ohio State game, Michigan, and just watch the destruction that takes place there at the horseshoe with Mozzie Smith. Schoonmaker, I, I can't wait to see the possibilities. I, I really give it a strong B, and I, I think this has a chance to be one of the more underrated classes. You know, a lot of people nationally aren't, aren't loving it. You know, I may, I may have to pop this back up to an A, but right now I'm on record for a B. Of course. That's exactly Aaron, what that I expected. That is how you play the receipts game, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. That well, is how you play If it drops to a C, hey, man, I, I, I was – you know what I mean? Yes, I had it. Yes, yes, that's why he uh, is the bus good, driver. You know, that's why he's the bus driver. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you. He did say I could give it an A, um, maybe, but I'm hesitating. But he didn't say I'll give it a C. And You know what I mean? So, uh-huh, so yeah. he feels that it's solid to he good. He feels like a solid B, a solid B, yeah. So, well, guys, I just want to thank you guys for showing out tonight and listening to us. Um, I hope you enjoyed what we had to say. Um, guys, I appreciate yeah. you getting on the phone and uh, – doing this podcast uh, via telecommunication thank you everybody thanks for listening to chasing the rabbit and we hope you tune in next time